0: To Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White uh, with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California, and just delighted to have with me some fabulous guests. And we're going to be talking about LGBTQ voices in leadership, increasing understanding, and being an ally. So with me today, I wanna introduce our fabulous guests. We have Dr. Darrell Brooks, who's the founder of Love and Justice Consulting. And um, we also have Julia Lohman, and Julia, am I saying your last name correctly? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So we've shifted from Charles yes. that I had. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Senior Education Coordinator with the Neighborhood House Association. And last but certainly not least, our fabulous Eric Lovett, who is the founder and president and CEO of Urban Street Angels. So welcome to all three of you. Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: So I want to actually start our conversation off with yourself, Eric. I'm just have you go first and then we'll just kind of do a round table here, but ask you just to maybe share with us, what does it mean to be LGBTQ plus in America?
3: Well, let me just say thank you for having me, and i, I know everyone's going to have a chance to say this, but it's very exciting to be here and also to meet you, Dr. Brooks and Julia, uh, Dr. White. It's always great to be with you, and you know, just a quick little background. I work in from San Diego in the homeless community. I work with homeless youth and house them and uh, help them off the street. And we actually deal a lot with LGBTQ uh, or you know individuals as well as uh, myself in that arena. And and working in this arena and being LGBTQ, sometimes uh, let me just start saying today is different than what it was twenty five years ago when uh, I was dealing with coming out and and things. You know, I, I jotted some notes down, and if you'll allow me just to talk about what it Please was, do. what I mm-hmm. experienced, and yes. then then talk about today because so much has changed. Now, we still have a lot of change to go, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can remember – I was raised very religious. I am not from San Diego, California, as you may can tell. (laughs) I have a little bit of an accent. Uh, But so being from the South, there was judgment. It was Mm -hmm. something's always wrong with you. Uh, I was ostracized, even though I was, my dad's a pastor. I was a worship leader and these type things. It's very ostracized and uh, not normal. I'm using Mm -hmm. some of these words because that's actually the words that were used to me. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. spoken to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, God doesn't love somebody like you. God doesn't accept somebody like you. And those type of things uh, were very traumatizing for me. And so a lot of where I am today mm-hmm. came from, I guess, the birth out of that pain, out mm-hmm. of the motivation out of that pain. Because now, let me mm-hmm. say, being LGBTQ in America, uh, is I'm proud of who I am. I Mm-hmm. I, uh, know God loves me. I, I feel accomplished, mm-hmm. um, overcoming hardships. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things that, uh, LGBTQ individuals have to, to overcome. Um, almost driven, almost mm-hmm. the sense, if you allow me to be kind of transparent, yeah. almost the sense of, oh, I can do this. So just watch me, you know, that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And, uh But, and and as I mentioned, really motivated, I, the pain I went through, the reason I do what I do now is because I don't want anybody to ever have to go through what I did the way I did. Mm -hmm. I know we all have our different pains, but to be able to provide that place of support, no matter who you love or how you Mm -hmm. identify Mm -hmm. and being able to step into that place and giving hope and love is the most important thing.
1: Wonderful. Eric, thank you for sharing. I remember the first time I heard your story and we were at the Healing Hearts and Minds uh, Academy and addressing a room full of healthcare providers as well as faith-based leaders. And um, it was simply phenomenal to hear you there. And I'm sure we're going to have a phenomenal time um, hearing your voice today. So thank you again for being with us. And I appreciate your candor and courage. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, why don't I toss the ball to let's say Dr. Brooks this time, Dr. Brooks? Um, your thoughts with regards to anything you might add as relates to what it means to be LGBTQ in America?
2: Yeah, I think um, one of the things that continues to stand out to me uh, is the ongoing um, tensions. I think that we see for. Our, example um every advancement that we seem to make in lgbt rights is also met with um mm-hmm. so much backlash and um, animosity uh in this country and i think um sort of this uh while we've made, I think, great strides and um, I appreciated the advances of marriage equality um, because I chose to marry my husband um, and that was legal, um, I also know that that was a strategy um, that was not necessarily targeted to um, Black folks. um, And it was not really something that was Uh, When I think about who the LGBT population are uh, in this country, when I think about sort of the way in which race matters and gender identity and expression and class and classism show up, that strategy for marriage equality, while really, really important and uh, really privileging me uh, in this moment, I feel uh, I also wonder, often wonder about all of the other LGBT folks um, who are Black and Brown, who also might be growing up in poverty, uh, where that was not their goal or their vision, um, mm-hmm. when they just wanted um, access to an equitable job um, and resources to uh, live a life on their own terms. And I think, of, so what I, I guess the, the, the gist of what I'm saying is that there's this. Um, there's this dichotomy in which many of us operate, both in this place of uh, power and privilege um, and access and and those who do not. And I think as a a privileged Black uh, gay man, um, I get to see both and live through those dynamics. And I, I think about sort of how do we begin to show up and tell a story that is intersectional about our mm-hmm. Black LGBT history uh, in this mm-hmm. country, which has often been erased uh, for sort of what do we talk about as white mainstream um, LGBT uh, work?
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, just so thoughtful. And um, Dr. Brooks, is always just a pleasure um, to engage with you. And I know we've had our, our journey through, I guess, meeting with Kellogg Foundation and continuing to work together. So again, an honor to have you with us today and looking forward to hearing more and more of your voice as well. Thank you, Dr. White. Mm-hmm. Julia, my colleague with Neighborhood House Association, how about your thoughts with regards to what it means to be LGBTQ in America?
4: Yes, thank you so much for having me once again. And it's it's amazing and such a blessing to be a part of this panel. I've already started jotting down more notes just based on what Dr. Brooklyn- <laughs> we're saying, and how to kind of articulate what does it mean to be LGBTQ plus in America and understanding that, you know, really is constantly defining yourself because you're in different categories. And so sometimes, I know for myself, my journey, i I was uh, I was in straight relationships all the way up until probably about four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, and that wasn't for lack of not wanting to be in a same-sex relationship. I just was not in communities where people did it. I had friends that were that had that had gay friends. I'm like, why don't they want to be my friend? I need to figure this out. <laughs> but it just didn't. It just didn't go that way. And really exploring, um, just Dr. Brooks had mentioned those intersections. Mm-hmm. You know, I wake up every morning and the world can see my brown skin, but they can't see that I have a wife. You know, and um, that exploration can be lonely, you know, because there's this this assumption at times that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and really identifying myself, like, well, I don't identify as a lesbian, but if you ask if I'm in a same-sex relationship, I guess it fits the description. I I usually just say I'm in a same-sex relationship. And Mm -hmm. so, really, it's that continuous defining that you're called to do. Mm-hmm. And fitting into a category, being biracial, I'm used to trying to figure out which category I'm in. Mm-hmm. But it's really a different way of understanding and assuming mm-hmm. what people what people think they are and who they think they are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much, Julia, for your candor. And I, our journey goes what way back and forward, huh? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. just uh, uh, just a pleasure to see you um, having. Having done the journey through, I guess, through graduate school and now with Neighborhood House, uh, just a delight to be able to sit down and and have this conversation with you on this topic. Uh, You as
4: well. Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm going to toss it back over to you, Dr. Brooks, to start us off and just maybe share a little bit about how um, being part of the LGBTQ community has impacted your own life journey.
2: Yeah, you know, that's a long question. I'm, I'm still trying to write my memoir about this, right? It's, um, <laughs> you know, I think it was actually uh, the chrysalis for my activism. It was uh, uh, the impetus for me. It was in the, the context of my deeply religious uh, congregation where I found my voice, where I decided that I wasn't going to be small or be molded um, by sort of other people's expectations and interpretations of sort of my my who, who I'm supposed to be in this world, um, and uh, in so many ways, it has brought so much adversity, but again, it's also one of those things that um, really saved my life in many ways. It is mm-hmm. the thing about being different that if you can lean into it really hard, you can discover some magic. And I think for me personally, I spent the last uh, 20 years trying to discover and rediscover the magic that was always there that other people tried to mire uh, with clay and muck uh, because they thought it was just too bright for them mm-hmm. um, or it was just too bold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, 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 I no longer curse it. I understand it. It is a blessing. It is something that is gifted uniquely to me. Um, and I try to live in it and be bold and, and to be black and gay as much as I can so that other people feel comfortable, um, uh, sort of following along. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Wonderful. So I'm going to have you, exp- uh, maybe share if you care to just reflect on the magic I thought that was an interesting choice of words. Talk to me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, sort of when we begin to operate in our gifts and I, um, that there's something about coming into a knowing that uh, every single day we have a possibility of conjuring something new. Mm -hmm. And I think when I sort of align my energy, uh, when I understand that sort of my sexual identity and orientation, my race and ethnicity, uh, my class background are no longer burdens, but are things that give me insight into the windows of other people's lives and their souls, Mm -hmm. um, I get to sow a seed of possibility, not only within them, but within myself, too. And so for me, that's what magic is. And uh, and I love being able to do that and to live in that Mm -hmm. possibility.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I asked and heard your explanation of what that magic is. That definitely is magical. So uh, thank you for sharing that. We are going to take a short break, but please stay with us. On the other side of this commercial, we're going to hear a little bit more from Eric and Julia and then more about just the journey, um, the life lessons, as well as how we might better understand and be allies to the LGBTQ community. So please stay with us. And we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619 453 8093. That's 619 453 8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service.
1: Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC
0: it's time to take charge of your own career path but how do you get started first Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we
1: are back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White, your host for today, and excited today to have some fabulous guests talking about LGBTQ plus voices in leadership, increasing understanding, and being allies. We have with us today Dr. Darrell Brooks, founder of Love and Justice Consulting, Julia Lohman, senior Education Coordinator with this, with a Neighborhood House Association, and Eric Levitt, founder and president and CEO of Urban Street Angels. Julia, I'm going to toss it over to you to talk a little bit about your um, life journey and how LGBTQ, you know, just kind of being part of the community, coming into the community, really has impacted your life journey.
4: Thank you, Dr. White. You know, I'm feeling like even though this is our first time meeting, that There's these threads that weave all three of us together as panelists. And one thing that um, I thought about was how coming into the community has made me a little bit more cautious in spaces that I usually am more confident Mm -hmm. because I have this wondering of what's going to happen. And part of that is because. Growing up, I think I was kind of watching from the margins. I was like already in the margins, but kind of peeking in the window to this world that I feel like I belong in, but not sure how to get into. How what? How does this work? And to go from kind of peeking in the window to realizing, you know what, girl, just go right through that door. (laughs) Go through the door, and this amazing family that I have developed, and how my community has grown. So much more than I ever thought it would. It, so much of it was fear-based, afraid of what might happen. But now, knowing all of those possibilities and the people that I share this journey with that I know that will be there. And so it's it's been very interesting. So I like to say I went from peeking in the window and then walking through the door and Dancing till the night <laughs> till the go <laughs> off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Juliet. And Eric, how about for yourself? How has um, being LGBTQ impacted your life journey, just being part of the community?
3: Well, uh it's awesome to be a part of the community today at the start of, I was a professional singer and worship leader for 12 years and traveled the country and did a lot of uh, performing and uh, sharing the stage with a lot of uh, very conservative uh, ministries, I would say. And so I I didn't dare peek through the window and definitely didn't dare (laughs) going through a door because it was like, oh, wow, you know, kind of what's going to happen here. And uh, so, you know, I experienced just by my first comments uh, when I did, I was outed uh, because I didn't understand just being honest at the time, the dichotomy of, wow, is is, is being attracted to another man okay. Or Mm -hmm. is it not okay, Or is it, you know, how does how does how can I fit into that? And if I do admit that, then there's something wrong with me and I need to go through a lot of counseling, which I did. I needed to get the demons cast out, which I tried. Uh, I needed to uh, I went through all the, you know, reparative therapy, which I did. And so, since we're talking honestly and transparently, I kept. I came from a very you know right wing conservative. I worked for Jerry Falwell Sr. Uh, for those of you who may know that name older. And so, I was his worship leader for twelve years. And so, I I didn't dare. It, we didn't even call it LGBTQ then. It was it was just you know we barely had an issue with calling it gay or even mentioning lesbian. Mm-hmm. And so, for me. Um, it was very traumatizing for the first 30-some-odd mm-hmm. years of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, now, mm-hmm. and coming out of mm-hmm. that pain and being rejected, and yes, I lost everything. I lost all my work. I lost my most of my family. I lost all my friends. I tried to kill myself twice. Uh, I became addicted to drugs. I became uh, very destructive because I thought – nobody cared for me and that's the way they it seemed mm-hmm. and so after coming through that pain now what has been gay How has it impacted my life it's impacted me because i've, I've made this statement i'm going to give more now than i mm-hmm. take and i felt like i took a lot whether it be religiously or spiritually or it's about me, 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 me. And I think it's very important, even referring back to Dr. Brooks's comments of sowing a seed of possibility and, and having that magic. It's so very important mm-hmm. to have that self-esteem. But for me in my life, it was about making sure others around me, uh, I was able to give them that same ch- a chance that I didn't have, a chance mm-hmm. of being LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. And not being judged and not Mm -hmm. being condemned or ostracized. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm able to do that. But then I wasn't.
1: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Interesting to also just hear um, you express how your being in service to others um, was a big part of your healing and all the trauma that you had experienced and you're creating that space. Thank you for sharing that. And and, and thank, you for, um, thank you for sharing that with me, with us, uh, because I also know, like, as you talk about these things, you know, I have to just wonder um, the impact of your sharing, uh, what that has, um, how that impacts you. So I, I appreciate your sharing your story. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Julia, I'm going to toss the ball over to you and um, let's talk a little bit about fortitude. Um, what has given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on?
4: You know, I think I was kind of born with this desire to just go for it. If there's something, you know, I've never had this sense that it's just me. Like I'm sense, I have a sense of something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. That it's not just about me. No matter how low or down I've been, and had this, I've always been a bit persistent when there's a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are times that I, I think many others, you, like, I, I'm not going to work too hard at this. But for this, I felt like I don't really have a choice. This mm-hmm. is my life. This mm-hmm. is my family. I love my family, and I've, I've got to do something, and I've got to keep going, and. Mm-hmm part of that also is that alignment with my personal and professional values. Mm -hmm. And my one of probably a few um, data geeks that have a strategic plan for myself (laughs) and vision Mm -hmm. and mission statement and really Mm -hmm. the alignment of those to engage in life with curiosity and compassion with harmony being that Mm -hmm. end goal. It's like, you know, Sometimes you got to have that discord to get to the harmony. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I would say is that continuous journey of finding those safe spaces for me to reflect and engage in conversation as I grow to understand the complex nature of my identity. Mm -hmm. You know, our identities are so complex that we don't, we kind of take that for granted sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. having those spaces that are opened up, my first space was I went to the LGBTQ center and went to a group and my friends were just here the other day relaxing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so really mm-hmm. finding those spaces and people mm-hmm. to keep keep you going when you don't feel like going anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful story of fortitude. So peeking through the window, walking through the door, and was it the connection with others that gave you that um, fortitude to walk through the door? What gave you the fortitude? I think
4: that connection, I was in a very lonely space and like, hey, you know what, I need, I know I'm not the only one. You know, I have, I do a lot of work with anti-bias education and a lot of it ends up being more about culture and race. Mm -hmm. And so those communities, I have stronger connections to. And I say, you know, I, I know that there's places for me to go and other people going through this. And I have met others who had no idea that that's what it meant. And I was like, well, at least I knew what was going on, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and so realizing that, you know, nobody has this all figured out, that that community is there to help you figure it out and what it means for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Julia. Tossing it uh, back to you, Eric, with regards to fortitude. Um, you've shared uh, so deeply and gone through so much in your journey. What's given you the fortitude to keep on keeping on?
3: You know, I think it it just really ties back to making sure that uh, our world today, and everyone has alluded to it, that our society today understands that there's a lot more education. There's a lot more things that we can do. We've come a long way, but we're still so far, still so far to go. And that fortitude and drive saying, we're not done. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep making this world, our world, a better place and a place of hope and for all and support Mm -hmm. and love and to where all men and women are treated equally, no matter what. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, Thank you, Eric. And then um, tossing it over to you, Dr. Brooks, your thoughts with regards to fortitude. What's giving you the fortitude?
2: You know, when I think about fortitude, I think about pillars. And I think some of those pillars have been uh, my family um, they have been, um, uh, my nephew, uh, the possibility for, for him to see me uh, out and proud and know that uh, he does not have to shy away from befriending other sort of LGBT folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's been a, a big part of sort of trying to, to role model um, healthy masculinity and healthy relationships um, so that his relationships with whomever he chooses um, mm-hmm. is, is powerful. And I think I've learned something about fortitude, particularly for me uh, as a cancer in this season, um, is that the the when I decided to stop being strong, I sort of found sort of this infinite well of uh, resource and power. And I think that was my leaning into my softness and my compassion um, mm-hmm. has been sort of the way in which I have found uh, that I can be both fluid enough to sort of with their, the storms of life, um, but also uh, feel material enough to to know that I'm real and I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been able to, I think when I think about fortitude and what's kept me, it is really my compassion and my softness that mm-hmm. I'm no longer afraid of um, mm-hmm. in this work and mm-hmm. in, in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Um, and I always love the... I think the foundation for so much of what we do and how we engage with ourselves and others in a meaningful way, it's tied up and best held in a space of compassion. So love that nugget. Thank you. We are going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to be uh, just going a little bit deeper with regards to just um, trying to better understand uh, what each of you may want others to know about the LGBTQ, yeah, LGBTQ plus community, as well as how we might be allies and what might others who are leaders in this space um, just uh, consider and, uh, and think about um, so that we continue our journey to a more perfect union. So when we come back, looking to um, hear more, so stay with us, we'll be right back with more on leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business
4: trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with
1: Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something
4: that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel.
0: You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now back to Leadership Matters.
1: And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White, your host, and excited to have Dr. Darrell Brooks, founder of Love and Justice Consulting, Julia Loman, Julia Lohman, Senior Education Coordinator with the Neighborhood House Association, and Eric Levitt, founder and president and CEO of Urban Street. Angels with us today, talking about LGBTQ plus voices and leadership, increasing understanding and being an ally. So we're going to continue our conversation, throwing it over to you, Eric, and just asking you to think about as a member of the LGBTQ community, what do you want others to know and understand about the community?
3: Well, that's a that's a great question. Uh, we all have so many different uh, notions or preconceived notions of what we feel like uh, a person that is identifies as lgbtq plus uh you know i think you've heard us mention it i know dr brooks has mentioned it earlier uh, equal rights you know it's uh the one thing that we need to consistently and continue to work on is equal rights for lgbtq members and uh, and that's we still have a long way to go there um, And then that we're no different. And, you know, I I keep saying this because even on the West Coast, as we were just alluding to, there are people that have a preconceived notion of that somebody who identifies as LGBTQ is, oh, are they different or, you know, you know, how how they fit in a certain organization or culture. And I know we've done some work together, Dr. White, with us uh, organizations, Mm -hmm. but. I want to bring it back to an NFL player that just came out. And you may may have seen this, but it's Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders as he's a defensive end. And he did a YouTube. He came out on YouTube. And, you know, the first thing that we we all think, at least in the LGBTQ community, is I wish he didn't have to do that. I wish he didn't have to come out with a video. But because of our culture, especially in, in sports, which I've been involved in most of my life, and to have somebody first of all that steps into the spotlight to say, uh, this group you're talking about is me. Mm-hmm. All right. I am no different. I am your neighbor, I'm your brother, I'm your sister, and deal with it. You know, going back to what Julia said, you know, busting through that door saying, Hey, I'm here and this is who I am. And I long for the day that we don't have to do that. But we still do, and I think mm-hmm. it's important for us to understand that mm-hmm. if if that is the main point, to understand that we are we're we're all over, mm-hmm. and it's us, and we are we are who we are.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful, you know, um, from my space in and, in um, and thinking about as you're sharing, um, Eric. I, I think back as a child when we would say, "Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud," <laughs> or today's date. You know when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, and we and we want to say, you know, we we long for the day when we don't have to say those things uh, because it's just, uh, you know, just underlying assumptions that we indeed um, have lives that matter and um, and don't have to claim it or proclaim it because it just is. So, uh, yeah. If I um, maybe uh, throw it to you, Dr. Brooks, to add your thoughts with regards to what you would like others to know. What might that be?
2: I think there are so many um, ways in which our history has been erased in this country. And there are so many narratives about um, the role of Black transgender women um, leading up the charge for uh, our liberation. Uh, and yet they are one of the most marginalized and targeted groups of people um, in our country, uh, often living um, in ways that sort of require them to engage in uh, areas and uh, ways uh, around survival that um, are uh, less than ideal for people. And I, so I think what I want people to know is that the mainstream LGBTQ narrative um, is not dissimilar uh, to the ways in which Uh, uh, it intersects with racism and it tries to marginalize other people's lived experience. And so that there is no one unified uh, LGBT experience, it is is nested within other social constructs of identity um, that sort of make it really important for you to ask questions, not just about the broader LGBT community, but about how it impacts Black LGBT folks in Baltimore City, for example, um, or in the Deep South. Uh, or uh, immigrant populations. Uh, Because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. there's so many factors driving and shaping um, how we even get to access um, our own uh, identity, sort of what does it mean to live in our skin uh, and to be fully human. And so I would want people to be thinking deeply about the intersections of their LGBT and race and class and gender and ability status. Mm -hmm. um, And then think about the ways in which they might need to shape uh, and sort of unlearn and relearn the history and the narrative that is um, not the corporatized version of uh, pride, um, but sort of the ones that d- deeply based in black and queer liberation theology, for example, and our fight for for justice for uh, hundreds of years.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful, thank you, um dr. brooks. and And that wonderful reminder that as we um, hear each other's stories and we learn more and more about, Um, each other's identities that every individual's um, everyone has a story and everyone's life experience is different and everyone's family experience is different and levels of acceptance can be different and all those things impact um, that which molds us so uh, and and just how important those one-on-one conversations and connections and um, hearing each person's story Um, individually and not making assumptions based on an aspect of someone's identity, just how important that is. So thank you. Julia, tossing over to yourself, what might you want others to know and understand?
4: Yeah, similar to Eric and Dr. Brooks, you know, we're we're not a monolith. Mm -hmm. There's many different pieces and parts to us. And it's just one piece of our complex identity, I think I mentioned previously. But then at the same time, we're we're so similar. We have lives just like everyone else. And within those lives, it's not a lifestyle, it's our lives. And um, kind of was thinking about a different uh thing. It's like we're not just a hashtag, you know. Mm-hmm. When I came out, my my way of coming is like, well, I'm dating a woman now. <laughs> that kind of was my way easing into the conversation and I'd get, oh, love is love. Like, okay. I didn't say I lover. <laughs> I'm dating her. Um, you know, is really kind of going deeper beyond those hashtags that we put out and it's Pride Month and want to celebrate and honor folks. But then understand that People are literally dying to be themselves right now. They just want to be themselves. They're not trying to be anybody else. And they're dying either by others' hands or their own. And so this is not just about me and my family. It's about all of us and our survival. Uh, lastly, is helping understand what does LGBTQ, and we've added an I, and A, and that's where the plus comes in because we've added all kinds of letters, <laughs> you, know? you know, L for lesbian, G for gay. B, oh, let me go backwards. Lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, queer, I for intersex, intersex and A for, um, oh, man, asexual and part of that is mixed up in that one identity is that within all those letters you've got gender identity and sexuality which are two different things that we've kind of lumped all together so really get get to a place of understanding get to a place of
1: understanding Mm -hmm. wonderful thank you appreciate your sharing that dr brooks i'm going to toss it over to you and have us think about Um, more specifically the workplace and what others can do to be supportive and to be an ally to the LGBT community, uh, particularly in spaces in which we work.
2: Absolutely. I think this is a really great question um, as we think about sort of pride season and which we're part of um, and sort of how companies often uh sort of begin to change their logos um for uh show solidarity with the community and yet their organizational policies around elevating LGBT leaders uh is not the same. It's not in the forefront of their mind or their thinking. Um they don't have LGBT representation on their boards, um, they don't, they haven't been trained. Uh, to understand with working with their leaders, um, how to value someone's gender pronouns um, and sort of why that matters to them. So I think that when I think about the organizational organizational level, there are so many uh, possibilities um, to ensure that the workplace is a place of affirmation of um, LGBT life, black queer life, for example, that feels um, central and core And yet I then ask the question of sort of what might need to be different uh, and what might we need to know about the people that are sort of uh, we are employing that would ensure that they're um, experiencing nothing but love affirmation uh, for uh, being exactly who and what they are. And so... I think through a question of discovery, I'm inviting all sort of leaders to think about sort of whether it's the the management and leadership development programs, which tend to be neutral, or whether it's around race or sexual orientation, to think about what does it mean to embed those as core and central components to your leadership and management training programs? And then sort of where in your systems and your sort of policy levels, are we creating opportunities for other affirmation, uh, like uh, making sure that trans folks have access to uh, quality care so that they can actually um, uh, get, receive all of the, the hormone replacement therapies um, and transition support that they might need as well. And so I think that's that's just the beginning of the ways mm-hmm. we can start doing the workplace stuff.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Um, lots and lots to think about. We need to take another break. But when we come back, uh, Dr. Brooks, I'm going to ask you to elaborate because one of the things that we hear a lot of now, and there's some confusion around, is the use of pronouns. So when we come back, I'll ask you to speak a little bit about that. And then we'll hear also from Eric and Julia with regards to your thoughts of what others can do to be better allies in the workplace. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, hearing some final thoughts from our guest. So um, Leadership Matters, again, always looking to inform our leaders and inspire solutions.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service.
2: Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back.
0: You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters.
1: Okay, we are back with more on Leadership Matters, and I'm tossing it right back over to Dr. Brooks to talk a little bit about pronouns.
2: Yes, thank you, Dr. White. I think sort of um, uh, this could be a whole topic of discussion in and of itself, but I think the, at the crux of it is that there are, um, we use pronouns, and sometimes uh, there are groups of people um, who do not, uh, or they use um uh, gender-neutral pronouns. And so when we think about he, him, identify as a male, and I would use a he pronoun, uh, there are folks who would uh, sort of use they, them. Um, they might sort of identify as transgender or gender non-conforming. Um, but at the end of the day, the the, the, the challenge and the issue around the sort of pronouns is um, some of the, the folks who, uh, there's an assumption that because you're born a particular way that you're going to identify uh, in a particular way as well. And that's not always the case. And so just because you're born uh, in a uh, as we would talk about as um, cisgender, which is mean I'm identifying my own. Uh, I was born as a male and I identify as a male. Um, that is not the case for all people. And so we have to begin to broaden how we understand this and move out of this gender binary of he and uh, and she, and to create space um, mm-hmm. for folks who understand their dif- their gender identity to be mm-hmm. either they, them um, or Z ze or zeer, uh, as just possibilities to uh, allow people to name for themselves um, how they feel and want to exist in this world that don't confine itself to more traditional uh, gender roles around he and she. Mm -hmm.
1: And and Dr. Brooks, could you share with us why someone who may um, not necessarily identify as being part of the LGBTQ community, perhaps just simply an ally, might also uh, maybe use their pronouns?
2: Yeah, so I think if I understand the question... Um, and I say use
1: their pronouns, when I mean, like announce their pronouns, be it in a Zoom um, meeting, be it on their email.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. I think it gets a little tricky. I think there's been a movement to sort of put your gender or pronouns on everything, on your doors, on your email exchanges. Um, and that's beautiful and wonderful as an indicator of um, your awareness about why it's important. But I also have realized is that um, at the day-to-day, the interpersonal, mm-hmm. sometimes um, Uh, Assuming that everybody wants to name their gender pronouns um, means that uh, you're inviting in some questions about their identities uh, around pieces of that they might not have also had time to spend on that. So I don't make the assumption. I always invite people in would you be willing to share your pronouns uh, with me? Um, And then I think at the most dangerous part is that depending on where you are and what context you're opening up. there are sometimes or some scenarios where um, by you asking me my gender pronoun, and if I don't look like the, the pronoun that you think I am, or other people might perceive me um, might put me in risk of danger for being assaulted um, mm-hmm. for, for those, for me not looking like the gender mm-hmm. I'm ascribing myself to. Mm-hmm. And so it gets a little tricky. And so I would um, have us to be in a uh, curiosity space, mm-hmm. questioning and wondering mm-hmm. um, and inviting in and not making assumptions about um, mm-hmm challenging what people are sort of relaying to, to one another around their gender pronouns.
1: Wonderful thank you so much dr. Brooks. Julia how about your thoughts with regards to being allies in the workplace
4: you know in the workplace there as uh, Dr. Brooks mentioned there can be some some trickiness about use of pronouns and other things one uh, overarching, Thought I have is to ensure that you are investing in making diversity, equity, and inclusion an integral part of your culture, not as a training or as a checkbox, mm-hmm. but by truly making spaces that are safe for others to do their work. So everybody has their own work that needs to be done. And the workplace sometimes is a catalyst for that change because you go home and you watch what you want to watch. And so those opportunities to help kind of question our implicit bias and unconscious bias are a vital part of that. And having safe spaces to talk about them with people who have the skills to help create those safe spaces with individuals is, is one key thing.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Julia. How about for yourself, Eric, anything you might add?
3: You know, they've kind of summed it all up uh, Mm -hmm. with, you know, organizations and kind of what, you know, where we're going with that. I think it's very important for us to, uh, you know, allow these spaces, not just allow, you know, I'll be honest with you, uh, our organization gets accused of being too gay. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm not kidding you. I mean, it's, you know, either way, it's interesting because we live in a culture today to where sometimes no matter what you do, it's either not enough or it's too much. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to say it because it happens Mm -hmm. in the very community that I helped form 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I'm sure it happens in a lot of communities. So it's more than just doing things like Dr. Brooks and Julia both said, it's more than just doing things to act like you're LGBT plus, you know, I'm going to put my pronouns down. or I'm going to change my logo. Okay. All that's great and wonderful, but get engaged, be it who you are. And Mm -hmm. if you're not, Mm -hmm. and you really want education, and ask the questions. It's okay to ask questions you don't know answers to. Mm-hmm. And we, as gay or lesbians, are transgender. And we don't need to get offended to answer a question that's being honestly asked. And so I think those, those are okay things. Because it's the mm-hmm. only way that we're going to change society. I mean, hell, 25 years ago, these were not the conversations. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a gay club secretly. <laughs> And I, I couldn't even use the term gay. So we're mm-hmm. changing so much, and I feel like we've got to have to open communication mm-hmm. for people to ask those questions, and then let's educate them, and let's mm-hmm. get to a place mm-hmm. of being open.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful, thank you, Eric, um, Julia. Just a final thought or word. You know uh, that representation
4: matters. Mm-hmm. So. With your language, if possible, where you can, is using non binary or gender neutral words as much as possible instead of like husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, using spouse or partner. You know, sometimes we'll say ladies and gentlemen, or you say esteemed colleagues, you say folks, people. There's all kinds of neutral language to use. And then also having pictures of diverse couplings and families. It doesn't, you know, we work really hard to have um, racially, appearing racially diverse pictures, but also those different constructs of families really shows,
1: lets employees know that you see us, that you see that we're here and we're important. Wonderful. Thank you, Julia. How about for yourself, Dr. Oh, actually, I'll jump to Eric and say, um, Eric, final thoughts? I hope you're on mute, um, Eric. So
3: sorry. I, I think, you know, in closing f- from my side, I think it's so important that we continue these conversations and that mm-hmm. we put it out there and that people ask questions and we answer them. And thank you for allowing this, mm-hmm. uh, this atmosphere and mm-hmm. this, uh, this
1: time. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining in. And Dr. Brooks, let's have you put a bow on it.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And I would say um, don't let your need to understand stop your ability to affirm and accept You don't have to understand every single thing um, to still show up in love and care and compassion Um, Mm. and so don't let that be a distraction um Mm -hmm. and i think we can still find ways to love each other without not having all the right answers or answers to your questions um and if we just lead in a way that uh uh, honors people i think we can uh, we will find and stumble our way to sort of liberation in this context
1: Mm -hmm. awesome just have appreciated all of your sharing and um, bow on the top, compassion uh, takes us back, Eric, to our conversations with the wonderful ministers who were kind of exploring how do we um, continue to reach out and love and make sure that we have families that are caring for their um, their youth and um, young adults and not leaving them in the space of homelessness out of misunderstanding. So I kind of go back to what uh, Dr. Brooks was talking about, still being able to show that compassion, even though there may be lack of understanding or even agreement, can I still demonstrate compassion? So thank you to each of you for leaning into having this conversation. Thank you to our listening audience. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
0: Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.